Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury has not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. All right, question of the day. BYU, double-digit lead on Gonzaga at the half. Still a tie game with four minutes left. A winnable game there for the taking. And it turned out that it was Gonzaga that took it. So, question of the day. Gallant effort by BYU. Or a second-half gag. PK. What? It was more a gallant effort than a gag. There were mistakes. And I think the easiest ones to identify offensively, miss some gimmies inside. You're 7-3. You're inside of five feet. There are two or three of those buckets that should have gone down. And they made some mistakes on defense, going under on screens, that kind of stuff. But Gonzaga's way more talented. I thought this was, this was less about BYU blowing it and more about Gonzaga deciding not to blow it. That first half by them was bad. But the second half, that was... That was Gonzaga being loaded, and that's why they're undefeated number one and expected to be back in a Final Four. Yeah, I don't think the first half by Gonzaga was bad. I think it was outrageous shooting by the Cougars. Uh, Nell got hot, had the game of his life. It's the best game he's played to date in college. And so a bunch of threes go down. The confidence gets going, yep. and it becomes contagious throughout the team. They play loose. Kispert changed all that early in the second half by making those threes, and he's a really good shooter. He's a player of the year candidate. The I got my wooden award at the voting starts here in five days, and they got three guys on the list. Uh, that's very unusual to have that many guys, but that's how many they have. So they got going, they got rolling, and Harms, you didn't mention his name, man. Sometimes he plays so soft. Let's call it like it is. Let's have real talk. I mean, go up and be aggressive. You're a really good free throw shooter. You're shooting about 80%. Try to get fouled. It seems like he shies away. When they needed buckets, uh, he had opportunity. And it, it just seems like he wants to do a fadeaway hook shot or something and appears to have a, a hesitancy as far as contact because they could have used him at the free throw line. And, and he shoots so well there that they could have uh, got some easy points that way. And then they just got smothered by Gonzaga's reputation. And I think they realized we're us and they're them. Gonzaga, I thought, really bothered the guards by extending the defense well beyond the three-point line. Those shots that were there that they made weren't really even there for the taking very often in the second half. And I think Harms, I think it comes down to upper body strength. And if you can get physical with him inside, he's going to look to flip the ball up off the, and, and hope it goes in, flip it off the glass. And it did a few times. Um, but you're right. That's not going to get, it's not going to draw contact very often. It's not going to get you to the line. And the thought of just going strong right at the rim, I think he thinks he's not going to get there. And I think it comes down to upper. I think it starts with upper body strength and the lack of it. And so he ended up, to your point, he ended up not even shooting a free throw in the game. Like you didn't I need think it 10, starts with his mind. Ten free throws out of him. Wow. He doesn't believe he's got the strength. Yeah. I think it's mental rather than physical. Well, I think he's right. I think he actually doesn't have it. But either way, it wasn't there when they needed it. The people. Uh, I don't know. that. Uh, who At 7-3, who has it? It's a hard thing to have. Leverage and all that stuff, I suppose. Scott says, well, there's a reason Gonzaga hasn't lost all season. That was a tough effort, though. Tim says, choke job. You can't go under the screen on these guys. That's a true story. 
That's giving a three-point shooter a green light. They're going to take it. Brian says chalk it up to a gallon effort, but when Gonzaga became interested, the game was over. Uh, well, we're, we were going to hear that if BYU should have pulled it off, that Gonzaga really didn't care. Bull crap. Yeah, but because they cared, BYU wasn't going to pull it off. It was clear. Well, why wouldn't they care? Right. That was never an issue. Uh, no, we don't want to win played, the conference they, title. <laughs> they played pretty lax in the first 20 minutes. It's because they didn't care. So Trevin Nell... It was I don't know that it'd be they didn't care. didn't care. I think it's it's more that they didn't know this level was going to be required. And then once they realized, oh, we got to we got to go we got to ratchet it up a couple notches and get to this level to do it, well then we'll do it because they do care. It certainly came out like they cared in the first two and a half minutes. Not only did they get uh, Kispert going and he hit the big threes, but they were mostly getting stops at the other end. There was two points for BYU in that stretch. Yeah, they felt the pressure, and they did dial the Gonzaga dialed up the defense. There's no doubt about that. David said it was both. It was a gallon effort, and it was a gag. A gallon effort until they gagged. Gallon, 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 gag, gag, gag. A gallon gag. Why is Gonzaga so much better than everybody else, particularly BYU? Because that's all that really matters to BYU. I mean, I know why they're better than everybody else in the conference because the rest of the conference, maybe with the exception of St. Mary's, couldn't care less about basketball. They just have it because you're supposed to have it, but they have no intent on doing anything that's going to make them any form of competitive, certainly not on a national level and not even really on a regional level. Occasionally they might get a guy, Steve Nash, who falls through the cracks. But other than that, they're just out there running around just because it's something to do, I guess. Uh, but why are they so much better than BYU? Well, the easy answer is talent. I mean, back to your point about how many NBA guys they've got, how many Wooden Award finalists they've got. Uh, and why do they have so much talent? Well, then that goes than BYU. That goes to few. And I think the amazing thing about few is lots of coaches have had good runs, but he has lost. He has never lost his edge, and sometimes. You get a little burned out. It gets to be too much. I mean, maybe there's something else going on in your life. Um, or you figure it out when you're older, so you just get to the point where you're done and you want to retire. And he's never done any of those things. Doesn't ever seem to lose his edge. I mean, some teams are a little better and some teams aren't quite as good, but it doesn't seem like there's that wide a variation in... I mean, you were in the last segment, you were listing all the NBA guys who've come through there. Is, did he ever, ever stop recruiting? Did BYU ever stop recruiting? Yeah, it's, uh, it's always going to be a different deal at BYU. I mean, BYU changed their recruiting philosophy with a new coaching staff. They've had, during Fuse Run, they've had three different head coaches. And they've all recruited a little differently. And I think if we had Tim Lacombe on, he would say, well, the rules have changed we're, a little we're bit. We're going to have Tim Lacombe on. Yeah, so we can ask him at <laughs> 8.05 about, hey, why didn't you have this many transfers? You know, so they changed the recruiting philosophy and they changed the guys who are doing it. And with Gonzaga, the consistency is amazing. It certainly is amazing. There's no question about that. Literally having made the tournament every single year under Mark Few, and now you are a true national program for sure with the opportunity to win six more ball games this year. 
I wonder if BYU is allowed to do it. That's what's going to be interesting here. As Mark Pope continues to move away from the LDS kid and the LDS return missionary, how's that going to be accepted? Now, there hasn't been any honor code violations yet or any of that stuff, but how's that going to be going forward? Steve Cleveland comes in, and this is real talk, and this is and, and you can take shots at me, that's fine, but this is what I've been told, and I've had in-depth conversations about this with people, is that when they go from Roger Reed to uh, Steve Cleveland, Steve Cleveland brings in guys, and they were Fresno guys, and they're tatted up, and they don't look like the typical BYU guy, right? And even Arujo's tats made a big. And I know we shouldn't be talking about that and judging people, blah blah blah. And, but the whole but airbrushing thing was a fire, big deal just at the time. Come at me as much as you want and blame it all on me because that's what I'm here for. But I can tell you that absolutely was a big, big deal. And Pope is going down that road and moving away from the historical BYU player. And Cleveland took some grief right off the bat about it. I mean, his pro, the program was in absolute shambles. We've talked to him about that many, many times. And now how he had to go the JC route, which was the route to go at the time, to get competitive and get competitive quickly. Right? And so how was it received by BYU folks? Uh, it was... Interesting time. Those were interesting times. And how Croton tried to do it too, and it blew up in his face. You know, they had all sorts of problems there. So it doesn't have to be to where you have problems by any stretch. You can bring in guys and they can adhere to the rules or know how to negotiate the rules and not get caught, whatever it might be. And you know, uh, there's there's even some stuff I'm really hesitant to say, even though it's been 25 years <laughs> on the radio of uh, what uh, conversations were like. So, what is uh, what is expected at BYU? That's going to be the interesting thing to allow them to try to compete with Gonzaga, because Gonzaga clearly does have superior talent. There's just no question. You know, they put. They haven't really had, so I guess Sabonis is somewhat of a star. He's made multiple all-star games. This Suggs looks like he's got NBA stardom written all over him because he's got the size, and he's, he's he looks like he has all the skills necessary to be a big-time player, and I believe he'll be a top-five pick coming up if he should come out this year in the NBA. Uh, so they, they, they've got the talent. And the BYU – you know, for a while there, it was uh, the Utah County kids, and they were going to get you more than a multiple Sweet Six teams, except they weren't. <laughs> they weren't going to even get close. <laughs> I think only Mika played in the NCAA tournament, and that was as a freshman. Uh, and I think the other two didn't, unless I'm wrong. I don't, but I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think Haas was going to play last year, but of course the tournament got canceled. Yeah, and his brother played in the tournament. Yes, he did. Uh, so they they had that going on, and, and, and sometimes the Utah County kids are decent, and Collinsworth and Brandon Davies were decent. So, uh, But that was the majority of their recruiting was in their backyard, basically. And 
it got them to a, a decent level, and then they struck gold with Jimmer. And Jackson Emery was a very good player, so it's not like they uh, couldn't be successful with those types of kids, but they didn't branch out. Mark Pope seems intent on branching out. Now, maybe part of it is that there isn't the talent. The, the, the players that were coming out of the county, there were there's some very good players. There's no dunk on Collinsworth and uh, uh, Davies actually had some run in the NBA. So, obviously, that's very good, and you want to get those kids. Uh, but it'll be interesting so, to see how so Mark the, Pope continues to go about building his roster. So the question is, will there be elite local talent that he gets? Because you can't have elite local talent like Frank Jackson who leaves the state and goes off to Duke. Um, you got to have the elite talent. You can't lose it to Utah. You can't lose it out of state. You have to get it and then combine it with all these transfers. But what if there is an elite local talent and it's nonstop transfers? Is that okay as long as they're winning and there's no – you can't have any of the Croton stuff, obviously. I mean, you can't go down that road. That will wreck everything. That, that'll be the end of that. To the to the BYU basic fan, yes, absolutely, that would be a hundred percent correct. I'm wondering to some other folks, that's a hundred percent acceptable. They don't. The BYU sports fan, the true blue sports fan, couldn't care less. Just don't embarrass us. That's all they ask for. They don't even care if the head coach is LDS. That's a BYU rule that I don't think the average fan really concerns himself about, and is not concerned about tats, and is not concerned about hair. And these types of things that just doesn't matter to them. But there's a segment that the I don't know how to phrase it. What would what would that be? The ones that have made their voices known to the coaches, and then it gets back to me. I've told the story of a prominent player 20 minutes before kickoff a couple years ago. They had to go tell him to shave. Yeah. Yeah, you have told that. Yeah. Now, you, that, you can criticize me all you want, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, but our, our listeners are starting to go this way, too. There's uh, one of the comments here on the question of the day, gallon effort by BYU or second-half gag, and somebody uh, veered over to what they want to talk about, which is uh, when did Mohawks – oh, here it is, Jacob. Since when does BYU allow Mohawks? Is that too extreme on the hair? Now, Howard, Howard's tatted up. He's one of your own, and he's got the mohawk and the tats. Return missionary, <laughs> See? no less. That, hence, one of your own, yeah. And that that is going to draw notice minimum, and then with beyond the notice for some, not all. I mean, not for me. I don't give a crap. But for some, it's going to be uh, criticism. So you're that. referring to it's either school administration or church leadership. And I realize sometimes church leadership is school administration. Uh, but just the, no, the general fan who makes his or her voice known is what it's going to be. There was a phone and call placed to a BYU football player not even two years ago about his hair being too long during a game and then posted on social media the next week, I'm having to get a haircut because of somebody calling in to the football. Yeah, what, what is this, the PGA Tour? What are we doing here? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's – what, it goes what back, have we been doing here it goes for, back to for yeah. decades? It goes back to exactly what you're talking about here, PK. It's the this same is thing. what I've heard from folks involved in athletics. And, and if, if a basketball player is caught saying a swear word or it's audible, 
boom, there's some type of response. You know, and we can stereotype it. The, the knitting lady fan. You know, that's sort of a running gag, or it was a running gag, uh, that that's the person. So is BYU going to ever be able to get away from that? Because I think that's what it's going to take to be competitive mm-hmm. with Gonzaga. That's, that's the, what you're going to need. You're going to need that. Aren't you going to need more than that? Is that alone going to guarantee BYU having at least two and maybe three or four NBA guys on the roster? There's no that's, guarantees in life if that's what you're looking that's for. A, that's a pretty big ask. And I get that what you're talking about, if, if that stuff's going to be an issue, then they're never going to get to two, three, or four NBA guys at a time, year after year. But that's what it takes to compete with Gonzaga right now. I mean, the other thing it takes is Mark Few finally retires. And can anyone else do what he's doing? Can this be sustained? Is there going to be, you know, is he going to groom an heir apparent who's going to continue this on? Well, he's not going anywhere for any anytime soon, so you'll be long off the air. Yeah, <laughs> he's he still retires, too young. So it's not going to matter to me. Uh, we won't, I won't be talking about it, at least not for a paycheck. Uh, so that's that's not even an equation right now. It's not even in his mindset, just from what I understand. Uh, so that's what BYU has to figure out. How much freedom are they going to allow Mark Pope? to go and get to bring in guys that don't fit the BYU mold. And then you have to hope that there's some great talent out there. And there has been some really good talent. I mean, Majerus built the program uh, in good part on the strong LDS talent. That's for sure. And he was cleaning up at the time. And those guys... I'm not sure if they're not out there or, or what the deal is, if it's not if the talent hasn't been quite as good for them to scoop up. Shut the F up! <laughs> that one did not draw as much backlash as I thought it might. Uh yeah, but well, right, but look who's saying it. Exactly. One of our own. Yeah. I get that. One of, one of our own who goes back 30 years in the program. His dad, and they all checked brother. off all the stuff yeah. you're supposed to do. Yeah. but And he also didn't officially swear. You know, if that would have been somebody who wasn't one of our own, would there have been more grief? Shut the F up! <laughs> I mean, there was grief when uh, em- uh, Nick Emery said... Uh, what was it? Uh, we beat you, sit beat your, ass your ass down, ass, or what was that? Well, somebody got that one, and there was grief on that one, especially uh, you know, on, with the uh, former family members. Boy, that that was a big brouhaha, obviously. Yeah, we beat your ass. Sit down. Oh, Jamal Aids. Oh. All right, hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, Facebook DJ and PK. Can BYU do everything it's going to take to catch a national power? The easy answer is no, PK. I stunned him into silence, 
or the connection dropped at a perfect time for me to apparently have stunned him into silence. Because stunning PK into silence isn't something that happens very often. All right, we'll get PK back. The question is, can BYU do it? Can they track Gonzaga down? And I think the easy answer is no. Because is there going to be enough local talent? And if Mark Pope gets it going, is he going to stay? I mean, few didn't get it going to this level right away. You know, he got it going, built on the reputation, and then got it going to a higher level and built on that reputation. And, you know, can you, can you go from zero to 60, or have you got to build it? And while you're building it, is someone else going to come and lure you away? I mean, why don't mid-majors sustain stuff? Well, programs that have been really good, and Butler is in multiple Final Fours, but they lost a coach to the NBA, and then they couldn't sustain it. <clears throat> Stevens, Brad Stevens went to Boston. You know, few has stayed, and that is, Gonzaga is very fortunate. <laughs> they're just, they're very fortunate. I think in another era, that's what people said about BYU with Lavelle Edwards. He stayed, BYU was really fortunate. You know, the person just has to want to. How much can the institution do to keep somebody there? All right, we'll get to more of this coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision is giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, the question, what can BYU do? What have they done? What do they continue to need to do if they're ever going to get to where Gonzaga is? And that can mean in one year, like this year, when BYU or when Gonzaga looks like they've got a Final Four team again, which would be their second Final Four team in five years. And somebody in Gonzaga would probably raise their hand and say, and we could have done it last year if there had been a tourney. So second in the last four tournaments, if you want to go with that. Uh, but it's something they've done over time, too, PK. This is 10 Sweet 16s in 21 years. Uh, you know, would they have made it last year? Probably. Uh, will they make it this year? Probably. That's a pretty remarkable run when you think, well, the Utes had a really good run for, uh, what, in 15 years they went five times, and then with Larry's trip that would be a sixth time in 25 years. And then you look at here's Gonzaga with 10 in 21 years. So when you're talking about pulling up alongside a Gonzaga, and are you talking about, and since you brought it up, are you talking about doing it one time, or are you talking about doing it and sustaining it over well, the but, 10 I mean, or 15 or 20 years that few might coach? They've already done it. They beat Gonzaga in the tournament. So it's not about one time because it's already been accomplished. Uh, I was sitting courtside. Jimmer. Yeah. So they, they can do it. Uh, that's – it's the idea of the concept of building a program that can compete consistently on par with Gonzaga. And last year they had it, right? They played twice and they won once, right? They didn't get the opportunity to play them in Vegas because they blew it against St. Mary's. So they did beat them. That's the last Gonzaga loss. That was, and that's the thing about BYU is I believe that they can they can compete favorably more, much more consistently than they've been able to do. And they did that last night, too. The first two games, I mean, by the first media timeout, the game was over. Yep. <laughs> and obviously that wasn't the case last night. So they made uh, internal improvements uh, just 
in this season. That was a competitive ball game literally right down to the end. There was some free throws at the end there that extended the margin a little bit. But even Dickie V was saying that it was much closer. So And it was. So they, they did make that. To me, there's no reason why they can't. They, they may not be able to be as competitive as Gonzaga consistently, but they can be in the ballpark. I believe they can, and I believe they should. They have a lot of stuff going for them, right? I mean, far and away, they have the, a lot of stuff compared to the rest of the WCC. That's something that is not even close to debatable. I haven't been to all the WCC facilities, but I've you don't been to need most to. of them. And, and I've been to BYU's, and I've been inside their new facility here at two years old, and it's, and it's awesome. And the fan base, and it's great, you know, the arena when it's packed with the student section and, and just the hardcore fans that they have. That matters to kids. For sure it matters to kids. So it's just a question of, you know, what, what is allowable? What can Mark Pope, I don't want to say get away with because that sounds underhanded, but what is he going to be able to do? Because uh, I think that when you look at this lineup here, man, four transfers and a freshman, and return missionaries aren't really playing a big factor to the level that they used to. I don't have any problem with that. I couldn't care less, and I think most of the BYU fans couldn't care less on that. Uh, but what are the ones who sort of chirp? What are the chirpers going to say? Well, and Mark then, Pope is a charismatic dude himself, big time. And so then maybe a, he can overcome that. Are the chirpers going to be listened to? Or are the chirpers going to be listened to and then told? And thank you for your call. Click. And then well, it depends on else. how much money's behind the chirpers, <laughs> and that's the way of the world. So it's it's not knitting lighting. Then there's a handful of big boosters. I I think they need more than a handful. But yeah, what are the 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 influencers? The people who. Uh, have the money and you know are donating money. When you donate money, you're not really donating it. You're not donating. You're donating buying. It. You're buying something. Yeah. yeah. You're buying access, maybe. Yeah. You know, you can be in the Cougar Club room, and so it's not so much one person chirping in the Cougar Club because then the rest of the Cougar Club could look at him like, "Could you hold it down over there?" But if two thirds of the Cougar Club is fired up about something that is said or done. Well, then someone's going to talk to the coach, and a coach is going to talk to the player, and there you go. Yeah. But here's another thing. And so all of that, all that's on the table. But if you're really going to do what few has done and build a program, then it also comes down to how much are you willing to pay coaches? Because the coach who does it, and that's whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Pope or whoever comes after Pope who does it, you know the offers are going to pour in not just from – the rest of college basketball, that's a given, but possibly from the NBA. Butler went to two Final Fours, and the Celtics hired the coach. And so you start to build a program, and certainly, you know, few took this to a level, and then because he stayed, he was able to take it to another level where the Sweet 16s became, instead of the Sweet 16 being the peak year, it became routine. You know, and you can look at like 2015, all of a sudden, Sweet 16s become automatic. Not something they do once in a while, but something they just do. 2015, 2016, 2017, yeah, it looks like he rattled off uh, five in a row. And the only thing that stopped him was there was no tournament. And I assume he's going to do it again. Well, the Sweet 16s weren't that routine for a while. That was something, you know, he got there and he built it, and then he was able to build upon it. He did. And so I wonder if someone comes in at BYU and has, 
you know, two big seasons, four big seasons, whatever it is, and we know where the football money is going, at what point does a foot school with football money say, we need a better basketball coach? How about this guy? Uh, sure. Yeah, and then it's up to Pope to, to whether he wants to say stay. I got a text as recently as uh, Sunday. What's today? Wednesday? As recently as Sunday, quote, BYU is so cheap. <clears throat> so I don't think that's going to change much. Well, then, then you can have a year occasionally where you're better in Gonzaga and you have the player of the year and you knock them out of the tournament. And you go to the Sweet 16, and they don't. Because isn't oh, that yeah. what that was? That was a second-round game, right? Yeah. Well, BYU goes to the Sweet 16 when they have the player of the year. Yeah. They've had it twice since, uh, what, 1980 or 81, whenever Ainge had his run. And then 1981, had it, uh, 2011. Yeah. It was 30 years. When you have the player of the year, you can go to the Sweet 16. Those are two indisputable facts at BYU. <laughs> So just get the player of the year, then you go to the Sweet 16. Other than that, you're not going because you haven't gone. So that's a tough bar to have to – and those two – you know, Ainge was a phenomenal pro. I mean, he didn't have the statistics because he played on that team in Boston. I think if he would have played on a lesser team, he could have the statistics. And Jimmer was a phenomenal college player who didn't have a big-time NBA career but he's rocking the world in China. So get those players and away you go. But I think you can overcome that. I don't think you need that. And I just, I, I think, I think Mark Pope's the, there's, well, I don't think, I believe Mark Pope in the BYU world is absolutely the right person for the job.